Welcome back to the Manga Revolution Podcast, your home for the best in-depth commentary on the latest chapters in the, or in the manga and anime episodes. Um, with me today is Rock. How are you, Rock? Doing great, Kevin. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here. We're officially now reached a 10th episode of this podcast, so nice ah, little ah. mile marker for, for us here. So very excited. And they said to- we wouldn't make it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my last podcast I did the first podcast I did we only got to ten episodes because I that, but that was just all practice I needed to get my yeah. podcast muscles that's right. going so that's I'm right glad, I'm glad that we're going to get past that ten episode mark here but um, yeah for today's episode we're going to be basically just diving into news um, that's been taking place in the manga and anime industry that uh, we both want, been wanting to talk about or that includes some news on My Hair Academia and One Piece Kaiju Number Eight and some competition coming up for. Funimation possibly and then we're also going to end this episode by talking about the new uh, Batman webtoon that just debuted on webtoon so we're going to give our first impressions on the first three chapters so again then that's how we'll end the episode um, but before we get into all that I just want to do some housekeeping and um, as, as as everyone knows you can download the Manga Revolution podcast on all podcast services that include Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and wherever you could download podcasts um, and you could also find all the work that Rock and I do on comicbookrevolution.com that's where we post a bunch of reviews uh, features on the comic book industry manga industry and and also some tv and that's where you could also find a feed for the comic book revolution podcast um, that rock host and i'm sometimes a part of and we also have steven our other contributor for the comic book revolution on there as well talking about things like uh, loki or um what if and other other stuff mostly just pop culture um so you could go check out the feed for the comic book revolution podcast there um and then you can follow me on twitter and instagram at kevin elzer's seven on on both platforms and then the good follow the conquer revolution at cb revolution and the manga revolution podcast at the manga podcast uh rock where could we find you you can find me on twitter at rock with two k's revolution and on instagram also at rock two k's revolution awesome well um so we wanted to kickstart this episode with talking about some news um so we're going to be talking about uh some news on My Hero Academia. So for those who might not be aware, um, My Hero Academia did not release a chapter this this past week. Um, and that is actually because Hohiro Koshi announced that he's actually taking a l- little bit of a break for uh, to take care of his health. Um, and that was something that was confirmed by My Hero Academia's official Twitter account. Right now, the current plan is for a break for this past week, but um, Horikoshi to come back with chapter 326 of My Hero Academia on September 18th in Japan, September 19th for the translation for us here in the States. But again, that it, it's a little bit of a um, just a health concern for him. He wanted to take a little bit of break, which again, don't blame him. He's been churning out chapters left and right all year plus being involved in the anime and the movie that just got released so rock what did you think of all this yeah at first when i heard the news i hadn't seen the articles i just heard that horikoshi was ill and he was taking some time off and of course in this day and age what i think oh no he has covid i hope he's gonna be okay so i yeah that's where my mind goes to the worst case scenario kevin always that's what that's what i do Uh, so (laughs) Um, and so I like as the good Catholic I am, Catholic that I am, everything is the worst possible case scenario. Um, so once I actually saw the article and realized it wasn't as bad as I initially thought, I was like, good, actually, this is great news. Cause like to your point, he has really been spread thin with the anime, the movie and the manga. He's been going at it hot and heavy. And I think that the little time off is a good idea because as you and I have discussed in the reviews for the manga, the art, don't get me wrong, it's still good, but I think the art has started to suffer at some points where it looks like he's just he's just ripping through it as fast as he can because he's got to get it done. And I would rather, you know, like with uh, Spy X Family, I'm fine 
with only getting two or three chapters in a month if it means you give me high quality artwork to go along with it i'm totally fine with that yeah and i think it's all, all part of the crunch culture that we've been talking about just that's not just in manga but also video games yep. comic books and every other industry that mm-hmm. um i think especially now with with everything with covid going on that it's even more important to like recognize hey i need to take a break i need to yes. slow down a little bit because yeah. like your health is so important and i think for koshi especially like i think we've seen more and more as of late in the modern era that these uh mangakas are also not just involved in producing the new chapters but they're also involved in the, in the anime adaptions they're yeah. not just let they're not just letting the anime companies handle right. the handle everything and just adapt straight up their stuff but they're also involved in writing the movies like horikoshi yeah. does, does actually write all the movies for my hero academia which again it, that is its own thing him writing screenplays working with the story <laughs> developers there then working with anime developers uh because again with my hero academia it's not like dragon ball or one piece that comes out every every sunday they actually do take breaks they have actual seasons um right um while the seasons are a little bit longer than most like i think usually they do about two or three seasons a year um but they do take a break after a while. So My Hero Academia is a little bit different from most of the iconic uh, yeah. animes that are out there because it does seem like they do take a break. They they don't want to do too many filler arcs and stuff like that to pad it out because, again, Horikoshi is involved in the anime, so which is great. Um, but at the same time, it is good to hear that Horikoshi and his editors realize, hey, you need to slow down a little bit, take a break. It is fine to take a week or two off. I'm totally fine if he takes it. Like, not just this past this past week, he took yep. takes to make me a couple more just because yeah, yeah. We, we are actually in a big, big, big major arc. And like him taking his time, making sure that he's all good, I'd rather him take a break then burn himself out and and like let allow the story to suffer allow his own schedule to suffer with everything that he is involved with and this also possibly even gives him a little bit of time to work on all his all the other my hero academia projects that are going on because he's also involved in at least um helping with this um story layout for the vigilante series that's still going on right now too so he has yep. a lot of things going on so uh, that he's involved with. Again, taking one a week break at the very least uh, for to get his health in order. That's great. Again, I wouldn't blame him if he took another week off. I, like, nope. Again, it, it's totally fine. You're turning out so much content uh, mm-hmm. that, again, it, it's a good thing. And I'm glad that at least, like I said, that he and his editors realized and they could also go to Swaysha and say, hey, I'm taking a little bit of break. It's not easy producing, what is no. it, between 40 to 52 chapters a year so. Agreed. Yes. Totally agree. Um, which is a good, good thing. And then on a little bit more celebratory um, a note, um, One Piece actually celebrated this past month uh, their 100th volume being released for, <laughs> for the series. So, uh, And in part of the celebration, Echiro Oda actually uh, did an interview with the Japanese newspaper Asahi uh, Shimbun um, on the series. And he actually mentioned that uh, One Piece is finally in its final stage. Doesn't mean that it's in its final <laughs> so, uh, final arc or anything like that, but he did say it's final stage, which that kind of does go back uh, to back up uh, what Oda previously said back in August 2020, so a year ago, that he has about four to five years left in One Piece's story. So that obviously means that we're still oh in, in store for a long, long <laughs> haul for One Piece. It's not, not over yet by a long shot, but it's still it's interesting to see that Oda, after what now officially releasing a hundred volumes yes. of One Piece, which is that's insane. An, it's an insane mark for any creator, <laughs> and it's like yes, because um, I think he only competes now with Case Closed that in terms right. of manga. So yeah, um, but yeah, just I wanted to mention this because again, One Piece did reach a hundred volumes, which is an incredible mark for it to hit. And then just him talking about like he is actually at least thinking about 
now the story finally closing out. So what did you think of this news, Brock? It's it's nuts. Kevin, this I remember when One Piece first came out. I was getting the that's when Shonen Jump finally came out in America with the, you know, the big oversized Shonen Jump magazine every week. And that was a big deal when it first came out here in the States. But this manga started in 1997. Kevin, just take a just hit the pause button for a second. Think about what you were doing in 1997. It seemed uh, uh, <laughs> like a lifetime ago, doesn't I, it? I was starting the fifth grade. <laughs> it's insane. Oh, it's a lifetime ago. It's such a testament to the magic of One Piece and the talent of Oda as he's just establishing himself to be one of the greatest ever and One Piece being one of the best manga of all time. And I got at some point, Kevin, I got to get back on board that manga. Look, I read it and I read it. I, I fell off once they stopped releasing the Shonen Jump ma magazine here, right? I stopped. I kind of fell off. And you know how we talked about this before off the podcast. When, when, when a manga gets to a certain number of volumes, you feel almost like this is such a daunting task. It's like homework. You just don't feel like doing it. And you pick off, you just start reading other manga with much lower chapter numbers to go after. Right. So I got to get back on that. But what's crazy, Kevin, not only did it a hundred volumes, which is mind boggling, but did you also see this week that each one of one piece pieces, 100 volumes have sold over 1 million copies? Yeah, that, 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 that is an insane mark that any, any publisher would dream of, like, especially that, that just kind of speaks to how the longevity and then just the loyalty for the yeah. fans, because like yeah. the fans are incredibly loyal, like, because yep. you, you mentioned it, that it is incredibly daunting to come in and say, hey, One Piece is such a popular thing. And there's, by the way, there's a hundred volumes of it for you to read. It's not just like four <laughs> right. or five volumes. It's a hundred volumes. It's a hundred, so like, right out loud. Plus, plus a thousand something episodes of, yes. of the anime. And oh my so God. like you, you tell that to anybody, but then it kind of just shows the magic of the series yep. too, because like we constantly see new fans coming into the mm -hmm. series because oh yeah, it, it's a it's a cool thing to, to just enter into this world. And like I've yes. seen so many. Um, like I've seen my younger cousins that are mm -hmm. in, not just in the United States, but in, in El Salvador and other other countries that I have family yep. in. Um, and they've mentioned one piece to me, like it, along with yeah. Dragon Ball, like th those are the two that they, I always hear mentioned and they, and their younger kids, their younger kids are watching it. So it's like, it still has that magic and it just kind of shows that it's not just about the older fans. It's also about oh. the newer fans, especially when you, Consider yeah. that, like you said, almost every single what every single volume of the 100 volumes has sold a million copies. That's, that's insane. Just, that, that is that's insane. Stunning. I mean, yeah. I, I can't overstate how bonkers that is. Yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. And then, and that's not even considering the merchandise for the no. movies and all it's everything just else. That volume. just some mangas. It's just. God. But and you're again, right. It, the, the, how it's cross generational. You're right because I mean, look, I was a big fan of it in the '90s. Yeah, it seems so forever ago. I was a big fan of it in the '90s. My 14-year-old son is a big fan of it now. So that shows you how it's just cross generational. It's which is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's I think what is it? I would say what, what, it's One Piece, Dragon Ball, Naruto, yeah. and now My Hero Academia with this generation. Yes. Those are the really yep. the four I think, especially entry point animes where like. Yes. And like if you want to introduce somebody to like anime or manga, those yep. are the first that maybe you'll introduce them to. Because, again, mm -hmm. Oda has created such a magical series with this. That oh, yeah. You could you could jump in and then just start watching and then just you'll have content for years or just like Yo, God, never, yeah. never catch up. But again, it doesn't matter um, just because, again, you just want to be along for the ride. 
Yep. Like you, like you, I have I've I've more experienced One Piece through the anime, right? Um, okay. Than the manga series, and I think I stopped at the I want to say the it was the water water seven saga was the mm-hmm. last like i think i watched through that that was the last thing i right. watched which is the big uh robin story arc um i just fell off at that point um it wasn't due to lack of interest but it was just like i couldn't find all, all the other episodes and then yeah by the time i did it was like oh there's actually 200 300 more episodes i, I should watch i was like oh okay no, never mind <laughs> yep but yep. uh but yeah so I, I do i do plan on going back to one piece at some point and maybe Within the next year, it's easier to binge stuff, especially because it's on Funimation and things like that. I do want to, I always say that One Piece is something I'm going to get to eventually. Yeah, Kevin, that's probably uh, what I'll do when I retire. That's what I'll have enough time to get through all of it. Yeah, but again, but again, congratulations to Oda for reaching to such an incredible milestone. Like hundred volumes is, is is insane. But again, congratulations out to him and the the entire team that works on the series, um, both on the manga and anime and everything else that One Piece is involved in. So, and another, like in our next news story, I wanted to cover is uh, Kaiju number eight becoming the fastest manga to reach four million copies in circulation. So. There's a bit of a caveat on this is that uh, for people that might not know, uh, Naoya Matsumoto released uh, Kaiju No. 8 in July 2020. And this pa- um, this past month, it, it surpassed 4 million copies of its manga ser- series being out in circulation. That does not mean that it's been 4 right. million copies have been sold, but it's out there published at 4 million copies that have been are either on the store shelves or have been bought. Mm-hmm. Um, and this makes Kaiju No. 8 the fastest selling Shonen Jump Plus, which is the Swaysha's online magazine spinoff of the regular Shonen Jump. Uh, again, so this is one of those others that Swaysha does have a bunch of other different um, Shonen Shonen magazines, and this is part of Shonen Jump Plus, um, which releases kind of uh, sometimes we'll have irregular schedules like once a week or twice so yeah. or twice a month by by monthly and things like that. Yeah. So it's a little bit less irregular, whereas like Shonen Jump releases every week. Right. Um, doesn't does, doesn't miss a week outside of like golden week and things like that for like holidays but Shonen Jump Plus is more like a bi-weekly th- a bi-monthly thing I'm sorry mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. so uh, Kaiju number 8 is part of that and it's become the fastest selling uh, um, Shonen Jump Plus um, series to reach that mile marker and for those that might not be aware, uh, Shonen Jump Plus the, is the ser- um, manga, um, the magazine that features things like Spy X Family, F- a Fire Punch, and then also um, Astra Lost in Space. So it, there's there are notable uh, manga in in this series. Also, like Yu-Gi-Oh used to be on this, and Chainsaw Man as well. So again, there's a lot of mangas that people may know that for Kaiju Number Eight to beat out those and be the fastest yeah. to get to this mark is actually a big deal um rock what what did you think of this news and i happy that it loved it (laughs) i loved it yeah look i've not been bashful about my love for kaiju number eight in fact i remember when it first came out and i saw the teaser on the shonen jump plus app and i was like hmm that looks interesting i can't wait for this to come out and when it came out when it dropped. I mean I read it within like a minute of it getting dropped because I was really interested I'm a big kaiju fan in general so I was really interested and I remember reading it and I remember talking to you and being like Kevin Kevin Kaiju number eight. You got to read it. You got to read it. This is something amazing. And I'm just really excited that Matsumoto is getting all the love and success that he really does deserve. Often, Kevin, I'm used to something that I love not being very popular. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> Legion of superheroes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the curse of rock. Is if I love something, it's sure to be canceled. It's sure not to be popular. It's just the way it is. If I hate it, everyone else is gonna love it, and I'm gonna get tons of it. It's just the way it goes. So I was excited for the for one time. I was on the I was on the winning side <laughs> for the first time ever. It's just great to see. Yeah. It's also proof, Kevin, you and I talk a lot about digital first content. And I think that Kaiju number eight's wonderful success in the print circulation arena shows that this myth that if you go digital first, you cannot sell print copies. That's just not true. If you make good content, you're going to sell the print copies. People are just hardwired. I, I, and I'm telling you, not just old people. I know plenty of people in their 20s. I know plenty of teenagers, friends of my kids. People are hardwired. If you like to read, you're hardwired to have a physical book. It's just something humans like. They just do, even younger people. And so if something's good, people are going to want that print copy. I guarantee you, not everyone who bought the print copy, Kevin, um, were brand new readers. No way. Yeah. And also kind of just leads to back to the access thing that we've always talked about of like just give, giving us access to this type of Kaiju number eight and where Kaiju number eight for us releases on Viz as part of Viz's uh, um street streaming reading service and then uh, mm -hmm. it's also on manga plus which is another huge platform yeah. yep. here in the united states for reading manga as well if you're not interested in um getting it through the viz subscription um and just having access to it i think is a big thing that we continue to uh preach about is that hey let us read the official translations because whether right. it's through volume copies yep. or like single issue copies or like through through the viz or manga plus or, or other subscription services people are going to read it. Like people just want access to it. If they, they have the ability to pay for it for the majority of part, obviously there are those people that will pirate forever. Yeah. And that is just, that is a thing that again is unavoidable, but at the same right. time, there is a large audience um, that will support the creators. Cause a lot of people want to support creators and mm -hmm. they'll, they're willing to shell out the, the money for, to, for them so that they could produ continue producing this content. And I think it just kind of speaks to Kaiju number eight's popularity that it is able to reach 4 million copies of it, um, its series being sold that has that, those fans that do, are coming out. And this is also on top of like Kaiju number eight, not having an uh, anime out right now. Like right. it's gotten to this market without an anime. Like usually we see uh, stories like this and a um, series has some sort of anime attached to it by this, by especially like it's only been a year. Like it's been a little, right. a little bit over a year, but for it to reach this mile marker without an adaption or any other sort of material out there for Kaiju number eight, it's just the straight up manga shows the power of its popularity that hmm. is incredible. It's already caught on without it. And just think if like once the anime, like official anime gets announced and released and then, or a movie or, live action thing that whatever may occur like kaiju number eight is very much set up for a lot of success uh after um from just the manga and its popularity itself absolutely it's it's pretty amazing that they're able to hit these kind of sales numbers with just having a digital only manga right now that's amazing i gotta think kevin the popularity is just going to get even higher when we get an anime it's 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 just going to continue to spike i think you're going to see a lot more success coming forward for this title. And I think uh, with, with uh, Kaiju number eight, it kind of basically is at that same marker with uh, Chainsaw Man, pro most likely in terms of popularity, where Chainsaw Man yeah. as well is just finally getting a yeah. an anime adaption. To, uh, yep. I believe by end of this year is uh, the projection for the new anime for Chainsaw Man. And Chainsaw mm -hmm. Man was in similar boat of like it has such a massive popularity, especially with 
manga readers that it was able to reach without um without an anime adaption or any other sort of adaption and kaiju number eight is kind of in that same same avenue of that and it's really cool to see especially again it's only a year since it's been published it's not crazy isn't it it's amazing it just passed it this past july so it's such a short time yeah so and again it shows the power of also just the kaiju genre as well that we don't see we don't see tapped into outsider like uh power rangers and some other uh super sentai stuff uh and so it's cool that like we have a manga like this that is able to tap into so so many people's love of the kaiju genre yep um all right so so that that's awesome news and uh, some other news that came out this past uh these past couple weeks is that we have the death note and platinum and artist uh takashi obata announcing a new manga series um that is going to be titled shoha shoten um that's going to be part of uh uh, swaisha's jump sq um magazine that's going to be releasing on october 4th and uh obata is going to be working on this new uh, series uh called uh, shoha shoten with uh a novelist named akinari asakura um and so the series is going to be about basically uh it's going to be two high school students. One, one is a, one is a writer and uh, sending um, writing material to programs. And another is a former child actor. They decide to team up and basically become an aspiring comedy duo. Um, and that's kind of all the information that we have on this new series. But again, it's uh, one of the creators for Death Note and Platinum and Platinum End that I wanted to in, in, introduce you. Uh, including this episode, just because, again, Death Note is one of my favorite series, and I still haven't read Platinum Zen, but um, I figure, especially with Obata's name on there, I just needed to mention this new story, Rock with it. You think of this news of uh, Obata um, splitting off and doing his own thing with another creator, and are you interested in this new series that he's created? I'm First of all, I'm a big fan of Death Note. It's a great, great manga. Love it. The art is really well done. The story is excellent, and that's coming from someone like me who's not a fan of horror at all. And I really liked it. So testament to the awesomeness of Death Note. This, I'm going to have to admit, Kevin, up front. I think we all know by now what what manga I dig. And yeah, yeah this I'm, look, this I'm not I'm not saying it's it's not going to be great. I'm not saying that if you don't if you like this, you know that you got bad. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this is not uh, not really the type of genre of manga that I seek out. Mm-hmm. So no doubt, I think it'll be quality quality work. Probably just not really my my thing that I look for. Yeah, and I think it's just interesting to see that Obata is kind of extending his work and just doing other things. Like because yep. we see his name when I think of his yeah. name, I always think of Oba as well. Like with, yeah, or like yeah. their stuff, especially because after Death Note, they worked on Platinum Zend as well, which right. is getting an anime adaption as well um and so it's just interesting to see that obata is like splitting off and doing his own thing and actually teaming up with a novelist in this in this case uh, akinari asukura Mm -hmm. um and then um just to work on this new series that is completely different from what uh death note and from what i know that platinum zen is that tone this seems like especially from the art that he just released for as part of the promotion for uh shoha shoten um that's looks like it's more bright more colorful mm-hmm. more positive like yes and, and again even like the synopsis of it being two high school kids that are teaming up to become a comedian duo it's looks like they're going to be doing something completely different that um from what obata has been doing with oba um which has been much more dark storytelling with both mm-hmm. um both the series that he, they've worked on together so again I, I like that he's taking a break from what he's been doing in terms of that and then doing something that maybe 
we're not familiar with. And I am definitely going to give it at least a shot to read because like you, it's not the from the synopsis. It doesn't seem like a manga that I would normally read. But again, you right. attach o- Obata's name to it. And I, I am going to definitely give it a chance and see what 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 it, the series is going to be about, if there's any twist or anything like that. But again it's fun and exciting to see one of because like you definitely is definitely one of my favorite series um that like after naruto i would say probably was the other other manga that i read religiously like as it was released because i I definitely wanted to find out the story and it got me into it so definitely anything that went over his name on it i'm going to most likely read so right um but again uh, just quick quick uh new story there that i just wanted to touch on just because i love death note so much but um, and then the other new story that um, was is going to be about Chainsaw Man getting an official novel. Again, we're going to be reviewing Chainsaw Man here in, uh, in our next episode. And I figure I saw this news and I thought this was a cool new story that Chainsaw Man, as we're about to get ready for the second uh, volume of this series, where um, for part two, uh, Chainsaw Man is going to be releasing a novel adaption called Chainsaw Man Buddy Stories that will basically be... Uh, Three different stories collected that ha- all have the theme of buddies that will one story will be about uh power and denji um t- uh as a as a pair and then another chapter will uh, another story will be about kishibi and kwaxi uh, as as their as their pairing and then himino and aki as for the first time that they met and we're going to get that story um and the no- novel is going to be released in japan on november 4th no english translation for the novel has been set yet um but um just wanted to mention this and wh- what did you think of this new story of chainsaw man like getting a novel series that's going to be expanding on some relationships that we've seen in the manga series i like it i think this is really neat i'm not always uh, I guess I'm not always attracted to novelizations for comic book slash manga series in general, but I will say this one does intrigue me. I mainly for two of the three uh, stories that they're going to be focusing on the power and Denji. Don't get me wrong. I love the combination of those two characters. Fantastic. I just feel like that you get lots of that during the uh, span of the manga. So I, I don't I don't feel like I'm really missing anything or craving that I, I need more. However, having said that, being able to get a story on Kashibi and Quan Chi during their partner era. Yes, yes, yes. That I'm really interested in because I love Kashibi's character. He is fascinating. He's one of my favorites from the manga. So I'm really excited to read that story. And the third story, Himado and Aki, the first time they met, yes, yes, yes. You get a hint of that in the manga, enough to establish the backstory between the two characters, but you don't really get to dive into it. I think both those characters are also fantastic. Aki being, again, one of my favorites of the series as well. I would love to really be able to dive deep into those two and uh, when they first met. So this is cool. And I think it gives, if you're a big fan of Chainsaw Man, like I am, I think this gives you an ability to enjoy exploring the backgrounds of some of the cooler characters that maybe don't get enough of the panel time during the manga itself because of, you know, story constraints, right? You can only do it so much. Yeah. And I think we've seen this as more and more a growing trend for, manga is, um, that are extremely popular as well that yeah. they get, do get these side no- novelizations of like that may not be a straight up adaptions but sometimes they just tell original stories because i know that um naruto in the build up to boruto was um it actually released a lot of um stuff between what happened in naruto and boruto of like with character characters that weren't naruto there was like shikamaru sasuke and other characters 
um, like they actually released novel novels for each of those characters of showing us what what happened over the years with those characters. Um, and and we, I've seen other mangas um, do that as well, like to give like side characters or like characters that are not the main cover character usually um, some new material to work on. And I think that that's great. I think it's it's um, fun to see how like they approach um, like what's traditionally manga into novelization because sometimes it hasn't worked as well as other times. Like I know yeah. that I've read the Naruto novels. Um, some someone translate really well. Like I really enjoyed the Shikamaru like just um, story and the Sasuke story. But then there was a couple others that didn't really work as as I would just wish I just got a manga for it right. instead. Right. Um, or I would watch it as an anime. But um, so I'm gonna be interested to see how Chainsaw Man translates into novelization, especially because yes. Chainsaw Man. I feel like just having read the, the first 22 chapters of of the series, it is such a visual feast uh for or for the series so i do wonder not having those visuals that would normally be attached to chainsaw man and how that's going to impact the the pacing of the story when it comes to the novelization i think that you've got your finger right on the potential problem and we don't see i know we're going to in the next episode review the first 22 chapters of chainsaw man so you don't don't get this in the first 22 chapters but i can tell you as the manga pro progresses, Kevin, the story relies more and more on the visual elements to carry the narrative. Okay, you go, you 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 go tons and tons of of pages in chapters. You go whole chapters, in fact, with next to no dialogue at all. So this becomes a title where the art absolutely carries the story. And I think that is going to make this a real challenge because the writing is not what the writing is good in Chainsaw Man. Don't get me wrong, but the story is really pushed forward by the artwork and the artwork is what is relied on to move the story forward. And I think that's uh, going to be a real challenge compared to other manga that, you know, maybe where the, the, the writing is what drives the ship. That's that's. Definitely not the case here with yeah. Chainsaw Man. Yeah, I know that that's what I got, which we'll talk about when we review the series, is that the, I see, like, especially in the later chapters, that the artwork uh, of the, of what I read, that the yeah. artwork really does take a shining and it almost yep. um, supersedes the writing. So, again, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how it translates and just the focus on the writing, because I know that with novelizations, they will include some illustrations in there, but yes. normally, normally um, it's still kind of like straight-up novels of what you think about uh, Right. Uh, with some with, with some illustrations included but again it'll be interesting to see how chainsaw man as a series translates into no, um, a novel format so um and especially since we're building into part two of chainsaw man um i know rock you've read the entire series uh, mm -hmm. or like more than one once um so it'll be interesting to see what your thoughts are on no novelization especially as we prepare for part two because like they did announce that there's going to be a part two of chainsaw man after it uh ended um, last year so and we're getting an anime so it's gonna be interesting to see how this maybe fills in some gaps to and also possibly even sets things up for the next uh when chainsaw man returns as a manga series so uh, mm -hmm. in whatever form it returns um okay so uh, some interesting news there and so and then another thing i wanted to touch on was that we've been talking a lot about streaming services here on this podcast and also on the Concrete revolution podcast and the future of streaming and all the competition that's going on and the purchases and things like that and an interesting thing that happened in Japan um, late last month in August was uh, that Suisha, My Theater DD, uh, TV Tokyo 
uh, and Toei Animations announced that they are, they have released a new anime streaming service called Animica um, that released on August 26th, and it is available on Apple devices, uh, most Sony LG TVs, uh, smart TVs, Amazon Fire TV, Chromecast, PlayStation, and Xbox. And right now, the plan is just to have Animica in Japan, but um, when they were the companies were talking to Anime News Network, they did mention that um, while there's no plans to make it available um, outside of Japan, they do ha- they they may they they are thinking about it that international rollout um, may be expected to be sometime, but not in the near future. Um, and th- this is interesting, especially because we just recently talked about how Funimation purchased uh, Crunchyroll, um, and I-, I thought it was interesting that the big basically the biggest anime companies for um, Japan have teamed up to release their own anime streaming service that maybe or may not be competing against Funimation here um, and Sony. Um, and so what did you think of this this news, uh, Rock? I thought this was so cool, and I immediately was envious and jealous because I want it here, and I want it here right now ASAP. Yeah. Between you know Shueisha, uh, TV Tokyo, and Toei Animation, you're talking about a lot of properties, mm-hmm. Kevin. And a lot of really good ones. And uh, yes, it's time for my obligatory Kanikamon reference, Kevin. But this would also include the Kanikamon anime. It, it would. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So, yeah. you know, I I want this. I want this here. This is a, a really nice catalog of anime that we would get access to. I think now that Sony via Funimation has absorbed Crunchyroll. Look, I am a firm believer that you have to have competition Mm -hmm. and without competition you and i the consumer well we get screwed it's just the nature of the beast so you and i both big pro wrestling fans and when there was no competition with wwe what happened it just got worse and worse and worse with every year why because there's no competition right yeah it you gotta have competition that's what brings out the best in everyone in any arena in any part of business or just anything in general. Competition is healthy and it's good. We need it now that Crunchyroll is owned by Funimation. I also love the fact that, again, if they brought this service to America, Anamika is Japanese, Japanese-owned, Japanese-run, and I'm going to never relent on this, Kevin. I firmly believe that countries and cultures should retain control of their content and not cede it to other country so i'd be happy to get a japanese run mm-hmm. japanese controlled anime streaming service yeah and again and we still have to remember that sony does own funimation so technically it is a japanese yes owned, it is on company too as well so um what what's going to be interesting here is because we've talked about this with hbo max and other streaming services as yep. well that um one thing that might stop anamika from coming to the united states and or other countries is whatever contracts they have with Funimation, Crunchyroll, and and, and like even Netflix and things like that. So I'm Mm -hmm. sure that they have to work that stuff out because, Mm -hmm. again, we've seen this with like the launches of so many different streaming services that there's so much already contracts built in because like some companies that weren't thinking about streaming uh, as a (laughs) long-term future when they, and then they just decided, oh, let's do our own streaming app. And then they're like, oh, wait, we don't have the... We don't have the rights to Harry Potter <laughs> for, for our, to launch with our streaming service or yep. it's going to be on there for a month and it's right. going to come off because it has to go onto another service that because we signed a contract like a year before. 
Um, mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see because it, it does seem like Funimation um, or like Sony through Funimation has had a pretty good working relationship with most anime companies that includes yes. TV Tokyo, Toei Animation and Suisha. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all these companies, they do work with uh, Sony mm-hmm. through Funimations. And so it's going to be interesting to see how their business dealings are going to be from there. Because while, while they, these companies all distribute in Japan, in terms of like across the, across the world and other yeah. countries, they've allowed Funimation to mostly control that type of stuff. And yes. again, they do have partnerships with Crunchyroll and other, a couple other anime companies, I'm sure, with, in, in other countries. But for the most part, like it seems like Funimation has helped them with distributing and getting them on like either the Funimation platform or just mm-hmm. like releasing the DVDs on uh, in other countries. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how their partnership with them may be impacted by this, or maybe they'll they'll strengthen it and be like, this is this is just going to be a Japan only thing, and right, we're, we're, and they're just going to make Funimation like work with them just because again like we we do see that japan is very traditionalist and they, yes they do in terms of their culture a tradition mm-hmm. is a big thing for them yep. so it's going to be interesting to see how like will will this competition um be something that like supersedes that a little bit and they're like we we want to do our own or they're, they're going to be kind of yes. like crunchy world where like it only does subs out in other countries where and still leaves the translations to other other companies um yep. so again there's a lot of little factors that kind of go into it outside of like the contracts and other things like that too yeah i know you're right that's all going to be those are all going to be things that could trip up trying to expand internationally i'm always kind of the belief of uh, if i'm running a business i I don't like third party anything Mm -hmm. in general i don't like middlemen you know if i'm going to do it if it's my content if it's my if it's my creation, then I'm going to control everything from soup to nuts rather than relying on someone else. So, mm-hmm. no, I've always been this way. When when Marvel and DC have used comiXology or, or other, you know, middlemen to put out their content, I'm like, no, just take the time yeah. to create your service yourself and do it yourself. And you kind of saw that with like Disney, right? I mean, they relied on Hulu or mm-hmm. Netflix or whoever else. And then finally they realized, you know what? It's just if we do it ourselves we control it, we own it, we brand it, we make more money, we keep it all in-house. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is the upfront investment, sure, yeah. right? There's the upfront investment you got to spend. But if you have faith in yourself, right, over the long haul, you'll make more money. Yeah. So from a business standpoint, I'm always like, no, don't use a middleman. Don't use a middleman. But, yeah. but I totally get why they do. And look, Sony's a huge corporation, and they've got the infrastructure already set up for international distribution mm-hmm. of content. So I I totally understand it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, I think that that is the big like factor is that since Sony is a Japanese company, if it was like Sony was an American company or from another con- country, I yes. would totally see like Suisha and TV Tokyo and Toei Animation specifically saying, "Hey, now we don't want to work yeah. with you guys. We're going to cut off the contract." But because they are Japanese owned, yeah. right. I think that makes a big difference Agreed. on that side of things. Yep. Yep. And then also just because, like you said, it is a huge investment because does do these companies want to invest in? Yep like having an American arm of their companies now. Cause I know like what Swisher has Viz media, but Viz is That's mostly right. man- is manga. They do some anime stuff, yeah. but it's mostly manga. Mm-hmm. Does do these companies want to invest even more in, in not just the United States, but in India and South America and the Europe countries and things like that. So that they could get all these official translations, get right. it through all the, like the different um, rating services and all that stuff that comes with anything entertainment wise, do, do they want to invest that much or do they, will they see 
kind of continuing with Sony and other companies that they've already been working with? Is it just much easier for them to do that? So that way they could just focus on, on the Japanese market while right. other countries handle theirs, obviously like follow the rules that they set for, for their, their properties. But, at, but right. at the end of the day, is it easier for them to just focus on Japan while other countries like do like work on the translations, getting it through the ratings boards and all that stuff there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, Agreed. Again, it's, it's going to be interesting just because again, oh, like yeah. we've, ta- we've talked about this with, like here in the United States with Disney plus HBO max and all these other streaming services that yep. are popping up. It's just going to be, it's crazy how many streaming services there are it's nuts. out there. And it like, just to keep up with anime and, um, and also just like content in general. So it's like, it is very overwhelming, but it's going to be interesting to see. Cause I do agree with you on this side of like, it's great that with, um, uh, uh, getting Crunchyroll into its service, like we were kind of seeing that there is no competition for Sony now. Nope. Um, and right. so that was a, definitely a concern for me of um, like, like it is for you that, mm-hmm. that maybe Sony has just the dominant market outside of Japan for anime. Right. Um, and it's only competition was going to be Netflix. Like that, like literally was probably like their only competition that they saw as competition. Cause I know that there's high dive and a couple other yeah. uh, anime streaming yeah. services, but they are nowhere near Funimation. Oh. The only company that really is doing that at that level is Netflix. Um, yeah. And so, so again, I'm very happy that we're possibly going to see Animica um, released in other countries um, mm-hmm. and just kind of continue the competition part. Cause I do agree with you that competition breeds excellence and that, yep. um, and that it's just going to make things a lot better for the user side of things. Yeah, Cause we don't want an NFL situation. So no, oh, God. <laughs> amen. Um, but, but yeah, so that kind of wraps up the news uh, that I wanted to cover for, for this episode. And I um, wanted to a- end things on a new series that just debuted on Webtoons for The Batman, as DC Comics has teamed up with Webtoons to release a new um, weekly series um, titled Batman Wayne Family Adventures on the Webtoons platform on September 8th. They, um, and to, as part of the celebration of releasing a new series on Webtoons uh, platform, which is all for free. Um, you can find all, all, all everything for free for this series. They released three chapters, uh, three chapters, which in the webtoons they call it more episodes. So they released they released three uh, the first three chapters slash episodes on September eighth for um, Batman Wayne uh, Wayne Family Adventures and the series. For those that might not know, is actually a kind of has a pretty big creative team of with the series being written by CRC Payne with artwork from the team of Maria Lee. Lana Ma, uh, Jean Kim, uh, Starbite, and a lettering by Kilamel Sibon. Hopefully I pronounced everybody's name correctly. I'm I'm glad you had to say that one, Kevin. (laughs) I I, I wanted no part of trying to pronounce that. (laughs) But again, uh, that that is a creative team for for this series. And the series um, story basically comes into that uh, Bruce Wayne decides to raise the entire Bat family in in Wayne Manor. So he brings... Duke Thomas, Damian Wayne, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, and Cassandra Kane all to live under the same roof at Wayne Manor so that he could like help tra- further their training and just kind of raise them as a family rather than as a bunch of individuals. <sighs> we do know that Dick Grayson as Nightwing, Barbara Gordon as Oracle, and Stephanie Brown as Spoiler are also part of this world, but they aren't, they are the three that are not part of the Batman family that are not living at Wayne Manor, at least at the moment. Right. Um, it is just a Duke Thomas, Damian Wayne, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, and Cassandra Kane that we know that Bruce has brought in for further training and just to live out as a family. And that's really what we get in the first three chapters is kind of 
with the family dynamic all of these characters all living under the same roof with with alfred also being there alfred is alive yep. in, the, in this in this universe so again this is not connected to the current dc universe or any other sort of universe it is its own elseworld story yep. um that's completely standalone um so again you could come in just knowing that this is basically the wayne family uh, slice of life basically so uh, rock what did you think of the first three chapters of uh Batman Wayne family adventures. So the, off the bat, Kevin, when I first opened the first of all, you and I have talked about the difficulty in reading webtoons because our old brains aren't hardwired to read, you know, just infinitely <laughs> scrolling down, down yeah. in, a, in a vertical fashion, right? Um, unlike my two boys, they're like, this is easy. They're, they're ripping through it on their iPhones. Um, I will say, I heard, yeah, I will say the first chapter I tried, you know, I, I, I tried, I was reading in Safari, okay, on the website. And it's just, it's just terrible. So I was like, you know what, man? I downloaded the web t- uh, Webtoon app on my iPad Pro, which is that gorgeous. I got the 12-inch one because, you know, I wanted to read comic books, you know, like like absolute edition size on my iPad Pro, right? So I went with the big monster 12-inch one. I downloaded the Webtoon app. I got to tell you, Kevin, it is so much better reading it on the Webtoon app on an iPad Pro. Way better reading experience. It's still weird to be reading it on the eternal scrolling downward forever, but it looks so much better. It fills up the screen, and on the big iPad Pro, it just looks really nice. So just for anybody, if you're new to Webtoon and you're wondering the best way to read it, in my opinion, if you got an iPad, use the iOS app. It is a more enjoyable experience. So there, there's my little my little tech tip service announcement out of the way. Uh, as far as actual story, Kevin, look, you know me well, right? You you and I have been on the comic revolution for a long time. Okay, I mean that that website started back in 2006, so it's been a minute. What do I like? I like the classic versions of all characters. What do mm-hmm. I hate? When they don't give me that. <laughs> so right now in DC Comics, they're giving me some rando as Batman. Don't like it. They give me a dead Alfred. Don't like it. They give me Barbara Gordon, who can run and fight and kick and jump as Batgirl. Don't like it. What do I get here? All the stuff I like. Who's Batman? Bruce Wayne, as it should be. Who's, who is uh, 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 Duke? He is... Uh, what is it? Sentinel, right? And that his uh, name? The signal. The signal. Signal. The signal. I like it. Let him be his own identifiable, unique character. Don't rob him of his uniqueness. Like it. And Barbara Gordon in a wheelchair as Oracle, which is what made her. I'm telling you, as someone who read Barbara Gordon before she became Oracle, before the killing joke, you know what? Before killing joke, she was whatever. After killing joke, Barbara Gordon, in my opinion, became a must-read character. She was unique. She was different. She was. She really grew into her own character and became a compelling character at that. So I like it. I just get super served, Kevin. Everything I like. And plus, we have Alfred, as he should be, alive, for Christ's sake, DC. So I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I get all the characters the way I like them, and I get them in a setting that I really enjoy. And what was funny, Kevin, when I first opened up the this series on the Webtoon app, it tells you the genre, right? Up at the top underneath uh, 
you know, underneath the title of, of the series, right? They tell you the genre. And I read Slice of Life and I was like, bleh, bleh, what? Because they have on, on Webtoon, they have what? Superhero. Uh, they have action and they have thriller, right? So I was thinking, I thought, honestly, Kevin, I thought it was going to be one of those three. Didn't you? Um, or or not, were you expecting, not, did you have some I, instant I was on, information, I was, Kevin? I, I, was on, I was on, well, I was honestly expecting it to be Slice of Life just because... Okay. Because I, I, I just from knowing what is popular on webtoons and from people that I know that read webtoons, right. the big genre is slice of life compared to like action. Like there okay. are obviously like the big ones like we've talked about in the past is God right. of High School. God of High yep, School is yep. like probably the one that we both know most. Yeah. But from what I know from people that read webtoons um, in my life that slice of life is a big deal um, in, yeah, in, in this right. market. So I wasn't too surprised that they decided to go this route instead of going more superhero, especially again we get that enough in um, right. comic books and if you want if you want a batman action adventure you could read james tinian's batman series and why why try and copy that and right try, like, point. basically do another comic book um, right you, you want to go into this market and see identify which I'll, I'll say like just going into it of like them actually tapping people that are familiar with with this yeah. industry like mm-hmm. not just from the writing but also the artwork i think is is very smart because again you don't want to have like a comic book writer um, who, who is not familiar with with the genre or with the webtoons yep. style of writing and and also the artwork, the mm-hmm. art, art art that that really people identify with webtoons is like, yes. and you, and you see that here, um. So I'm very happy about that. Again, like the, I think the art especially like kind of struggles in the second second ish the second chapter. Um, is yep. not as as strong as the first one because there's like some rough edges. Yes, but the third one recovers. I think the first one is definitely the strongest when it comes to the art, because again, mm-hmm. I think they do re- definitely put in a lot into like making sure that the first, um, yes, first chapter looks as great as possible. The second one, I do feel like it's a little bit rougher on the edges, yep. a little bit, and there's like more sketchiness to the artwork. Yes, um, and and the and, backgrounds are yeah. like non-existent, and more so. I mean, all three chapters have very simple panels, right? Yeah with not a lot going on in the background, but I felt that the first episode had more going on in the background versus the second episode, which I felt like just had it often. It was just like nothing. It was just blank and the character yeah. drawn into the panel. Yeah. It, and, and the backgrounds felt kind of flat really yes. um, for the most part. Like it, yep. it, it, it was definitely secondary um, compared to mm-hmm. like the, the characters. And um, you could kind of tell which are the main characters by who's be- best drawn because you could definitely tell. Oh yeah, some characters are are placed <laughs> put more effort into. Like I know that like in the yeah. second chapter, uh, Tim Drake specifically looks always very sketchy, and any yes, yes. and, and, and any of them, and it's like oh, he, it's because they're not really emphasizing his character very much. You especially got compared, it. Especially compared to like the third chapter where he, he's a little bit more involved in that with Stephanie. Right. Um, he, he's a little bit more detailed in that chapter, so you could kind of tell. I'm not sure if it's because they wanted to put out the three chapters right away. So they maybe they rushed the three chapters again. I don't know about the scheduling side of things, right. but there, there was like instances where I caught that, especially because the art is so like is much smaller than we're used to. Like it, it is definitely like one or two panels per per page and things like yeah. that. So like little things like that um, when it comes to like some rough edges around the art is something that I definitely noticed. Now yeah. I will fight back with you again a little bit on the, on the current DC Batman side of things, because again, we do Ooh, still have Bruce, we, we do still we do still have Bruce Wayne as Batman in the in the current series. We do have another person that might be Batman, but again, it's kind of like with Batman Beyond and all the other Batman family characters. So there's a lot of good going on in the 
Fat Man universe that I know you want to just clown on, but we still have Barbara Gordon as Oracle again, just FYI. And we, so we, and Cassandra Kane is wearing her Batgirl costume again and stuff like yeah. that. So, so a lot of your complaints, they're, they're, they're actually get, getting addressed right now. So you, Kevin is forever the defender <laughs> of the Batman franchise. That is his calling yes. card. Yeah. So, so again, don't let uh, Rock's opinion cloud your judgment a little bit there because again there is actually Bruce Wayne is still Batman everybody it's not it's not Jace Fox Jace Fox is not the only Batman around right now so Bruce Wayne is not dead that, that's all I want to say because it did sound like he is not dead it did sound like you you killed off, like Batman was killed off that, that's what you made it, it I did make it sound like that because you know I have to be dramatic Kevin come on so you know I don't do anything if it's not over dramatic go and calm down the drama queen of rock over here a little bit um because Alfred is dead. You're, you're all right that Alfred he is, is still dead. dead. He is still dead. Um, but I just wanted to mention that as well, because you, you were talking about that. But again, but, <laughs> but just talking about the Wayne family adventures, I, I, I did enjoy oh, wait, that. Kevin, one question. Uh-huh. I, I really didn't have any experience with Webtoons before this. Yes. And so all I knew, the little bit of experience I knew, mm-hmm. uh, my impression was the art was not always very good. Um. Again, I think it just kind of will depend on the series. Like the style that you see here. Is like I like this art, so I was surprised. Like, like yeah, I, I was yeah. expecting. This is the, at least from, from the webtoons I've I've read in the past and just seen others read as well. Right. This is usually the style that I mostly see. Okay. Um, some of it is like there are some amateur artists on here because again, right. webtoons is a lot of where some people do get their start and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just try and produce content. Um, for. Um, just to put out content to like put out the almost their portfolio and start building up a following. It's like another avenue right. for it because again, like with webtoons, they do like once you reach a certain um, readership and stuff like that on a monthly basis, they webtoons actually starts paying creators. Right. Um, um, for those that might not be familiar with the platform, and but for the mo- for the most part, they put content out there. It they do own it. Webtoons does not own it, um, but right. webtoons does get for like views and things like that, depending on kind of. That, that's kind of how it's structured. If like you get a certain amount of views, maybe like webtoons will start paying you for for certain things. Um, and like for for the most part of like I've read like God of High School, uh, uh, the, like the Dice series, and a couple others um, that that I don't come to mind right now. But I've this is usually what I've seen from webtoons is okay. this style. So which like I said, I'm glad that um, DC actually tapped some creators that are familiar with the style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not yeah. just from the writing side of things, but also the art side of things, because yeah. again, this is what is going to be most familiar to the people that are reading. This, okay, uh, I, this type of series. I was expecting worse, so I was no, really no. surprised. Like it's 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 kind of anime style. Yeah, yeah. It, and it and it is more simple, but I, I was really surprised. I was expecting a lower quality art than what I got, so I was like really excited that it was as good as it was. And I think that I just want to say to compliment it one more time, the art that it really does match the tone. Yeah. Uh, and, and mood of, of the story. So I was pleasantly surprised. So I, yeah. that was oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, again, I, I think with webtoons, it's very much, they emphasize characters over everything else. Like, cause Absolutely. like, like you mentioned, the backgrounds aren't great. And that's my, yeah. that it has been for the most part, like webtoons. I haven't seen a webtoon that does a lot of great in terms of mm-hmm. outside uh, backgrounds. And stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's mostly just character shots and things like that. Like backgrounds are very much secondary or tertiary in terms of like the focus. Um, so, like 
especially compared to like what we're mostly um, familiar with is comic books and manga that it's a lot more detailed and things yep. like that with, with backgrounds um, and like the settings you usually like are another character on itself that's not the case with, mm-hmm. with the webtoons again that that's just I, my brief experience with webtoons right. I might be right. completely wrong there might be webtoons that do a phenomenal job with setting up the settings and things like that but for the most part I, I know webtoons as character first like the character right. the main characters are the main yeah. focus like it, it is yeah. a lot of like, kind of like kind of like TVs where they'll do a lot of yes. up close shots and things yeah. like that of characters yeah. that's faces and stuff like that that's analogy. what we get here that's what yeah, we get here and so, I like so. and I thought the characters were really well done Kevin I like all the characters I like the personalities I like how they interact with each other and honestly I just love the you know and I, I don't read the current Batman stuff and I and I know it doesn't this I, what I'm about to say doesn't really affect the Batman stuff because Batman, the Batman DC is very, I think pretty careful about the Batman titles about keeping it pretty straightforward superhero Mm -hmm. in general. But I know there's a lot of people like me, we we read comics, Marvel and DC because you just want to be entertained. That's why we like manga. Mm -hmm. And for people who maybe are getting burned out with Marvel and DC, maybe being too much politics, too much social commentary, too much, whatever the heck, too much fighting, you know, between creators and fans this it's just fun it's just fun if you're just looking for a story that is just turn your brain off have a few giggles just enjoy it it's really it's just fun it's like a comfy pair of house slippers and a hot glass of tea i guess mug sorry uh and it's just really comforting i like it it's enjoyable it put a smile on my face is it going to rewrite the world nope is it Grant Morrison? Nope. Is it changing the genre? Nope. But is it fun? Absolutely. Does it make you laugh? It made me laugh. I like the interactions between all the characters. And look, it's a great Batman is blessed. That franchise is just blessed, Kevin, with uh, just oodles of great characters. It just is. There's no way around it. it, yeah. it there's very few franchises that can boast the the roster depth that the Batman franchise has. It's amazing. And this really takes advantage of the fact that you've just got tons of awesome characters to work with and have fun with yeah and i think um and i've said this in my reviews for a lot of batman comic books and just like different creative runs and like on on our podcast as well i think Mm -hmm. for me i love the batman family just because of the dynamic between the batman family like there's so much that i feel sometimes isn't even tapped into like uh, Mm -hmm. for the most part because there's so many great characters like i love damien and dick grayson's pairing uh, and i love Mm -hmm. dick and and barbara together i love dick's relationship with jason and um and tim and i like jason and tim together like with yep. their pairings and and damien's pairing with tim drake and stephanie brown and all these other characters it's endless. like like every character in the batman family does it they have unique um pairings like there's always yes. a unique pairing like i think of especially like in the pre-new new 52 i think of like stephanie and damien's relationship and stuff yep. like that that i always really enjoyed them as together and i like that this series is tapping into what I think is an untapped source of content, which is the Batman family dynamic of like, put yes. them all in a house together to live. Let's see what they actually see them annoy the crap yeah. out of each other by just like fighting over a cookie or like, <laughs> or, um, and then being put up with Bruce's training or do, like we get a rare interaction between Duke and Damien. Like we don't get that into Congress. I don't, I can't remember a time where we saw Damien and Duke uh, interact with each other and it was fun to right. see them actually interact here and just get the personalities and also like with Damien I like that he's not just a 
hockey prick in this one. Like right. it's it's yeah. nice to get a different Damien, a Damien that has actually got it integrated into the Batman family. And just seeing like the same thing with J- Jason Todd. Jason Todd is very much integrated. It's nice mm-hmm. to read a, a different take on the character just to see what it would be like if the Batman family was really united with each other. Obviously, they get on each other's nerves. We yeah, see that within right. the second, we see that in the second chapter specifically <laughs> of like them fighting over the last cookie at, at after dinner. Like, and then, listen like, to what you just said. The yeah. whole episode was about a fight over Alfred's legendary cookies and getting yeah, the last yeah. one. I mean, what? What's not to like about that? And and on and honestly, if I'm and I'm being completely honest, I wouldn't mind if this is the next Batman animated series that they that that, that gets adapted. This is exactly yes. what I would want. I want something completely different. Ex- like still keep the heart of the right. of what the, makes the Batman franchise yeah. fun yeah. and and so enjoyable. Yes, but doing something different with the characters as well because we saw that like one of the best animated series I think DC's done outside of the Batman animated series and the DCAU yeah. has been. Um, the Batman, the Brave and the Bold, which is completely <laughs> different from what you would expect to see it from is. Batman, especially in the modern era. Like right, you would never right. expect Batman, the Brave and the Bold in the modern era. Oh. But we got it and it was awesome because it was yes. something different. It kept the core of not just Batman, but the DC universe. Yes. DC could do something like that with, with this type of story in animated form. I totally would be love it. And, mm-hmm. and again, it just, like you said, it speaks to the strength of the Batman franchise that it is yeah. blessed to have so many strong characters. And I like that. And on this side of things, we don't, it's not a focus on like the villains or anything like that. It's just right. the Batman family. And so, like, again, it's something different as a, as a fan of these characters that, um, that I, I love them. I love seeing them take on the Joker, Two-Face and all the other villains, but I also love them just interacting with each other. Yes. Um, and this is definitely giving me that of like the interaction within the Batman family. And, and again, I, I do want to read more of it. Um, it does break, like you said, it does break my brain a little bit to read it in this style. And there's like the <laughs> yeah. little things like that, that I still got to get used to with webtoons. Um, right. And I, I'm not sure if I'll ever get used to it. But again, it, it's a cool w- way to get somebody like myself and yourself as yes. well. Of, oh, yeah. Like, getting into it because we would normally not read webtoons. This isn't our preferred okay. platform, but it, you attach Batman to it and you're introducing mm-hmm. not just the younger generations, but also older generations to this platform mm-hmm. that we would never get on if it wasn't Batman. Absolutely. I, and that's the I think the magic of this is it's a win win for both Webtoons and DC Comics because DC. Do, well, both my boys, they don't read comics, never have, never will. That's just it's comic books, floppies. They just aren't that popular with their generation. They're teenagers now. It's just it's just not. That's why they don't sell. Right. Uh, but they like Webtoons. So what this deal is bringing Batman to people like my kids. Right who wouldn't get it normally and is bringing webtoons to guys like you and me who wouldn't normally be there. It's yeah. it's those rare win-wins, which is great to yeah. see more of this, please. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Cause I, and I, I honestly don't think that it's going to lead to more comic book sales. And I don't think no, that that's really, I don't, and I don't think that's what DC or webtoons is interested in no, really. I think I they're, I think it's all about building out the brand. Cause I think yes. going back to what our talk about, streaming services and everything everything is so brand focused that if you could build your brand make it stronger than it before make it um and show that hey we're able to get into these other markets and still deliver like one of the top uh reading or or watch things that is going to sell that's what you put on the collections like uh for for everything and when you put out your marketing that's what what you could talk about as well so 
Yep. Um, so again, I think it is a, definitely a win-win. I'm not, like I said, it's, I don't think it's going to sell more comic books, but it's no, definitely no. going to, it makes the Batman uh, as a franchise much stronger because it has this other avenue and they're actually exploring it. They're not just trying to adapt something that's from the comic books or movies and they're actually tapping into Webtoons as a platform itself, which I think is the best and most important thing that DC has done when it comes to uh, expanding their reach. Right. Agreed. All right. Awesome. Well, Again, that, that is our impressions. Again, I'm looking forward to reading more um, and just catching up with this. It looks like it's going to be releasing every Thursday uh, for new chapters. I haven't seen, I didn't see where, if they've announced how many chapters or episodes they're going to do uh, of this series. Um, I couldn't find that information, just that it looks like it's going to be releasing every Thursday at, at right now. Yep, that's all I've seen too. Yeah, so again, so you could catch that and then I'm sure that they'll maybe announce how long it goes and if it's successful, it'll probably be an ongoing. So you never know. So you may be getting weekly Batman content on top of the weekly Batman content you already get <laughs> on the comic book and movies and TV because Batman is everywhere. Yep, uh, he is. <laughs> <laughs> so again, but uh, so we're, that's how we're going to close out this episode again. Rock, thank you very much for joining me on our 10th episode of the Manga Revolution podcast. Um, and I just hope everyone has a great rest of your day and we'll, we'll catch you guys next time where we're going to be reviewing Chainsaw Man's chapters one through 22. All right. Have a great day.